face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Hello! And we're here to talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Strange New World, Ad Astra Per Aspera, which I obviously knew meant to the stars through hardship, but, you know, they, they didn't have to drop it into dialogue a couple I, I, of times. I, I, did, I did think putting it into dialogue was quite patronising, quite Exactly. Yeah, well, like, yeah, we don't know, know Latin. Yeah, yeah, as if we all don't know Latin. Yeah. yeah. We're obviously all public school boys. Yeah, Boris I mean, Johnson's I was just thinking, watching it going, oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you believe anything he says actually makes sense in Latin? <laughs> oh, absolutely not, but anyway. But before we do that... We have got big Trek news this week. Mm, and we're not happy about it. No, we're not. Usually when it's Trek news, we're, we're gleeful. Yeah, but no, the Trek news this week is not good. Yeah, it's sad Trek tra- news. Sad Trek news. Um, so, basically, the news broke this week that it's an odd situation, but Prodigy has been cancelled at Paramount+, and it will not be showing its previously announced second season. Which is already done, basically. Oh, which I is, haven't heard it wasn't showing the second no, season. No, not on Paramount+. Plus. Um, so they will finish pre, uh, post-production on it, because it's nearly finished anyway. Um, and then they are going to remove Prodigy Season 1 from Paramount+, Plus and have... Uh, I've seen some people who live in America saying that's already been done. Um, so apparently it's gone in America completely. As of this recording, it's still available in the UK. Before I, before we came on, I actually checked. It. Yeah. It's still on. So... Yeah. Um, I like Delhi's explanation. It's like, because they got it earlier than us, we get a little bit late. Maybe that's <laughs> it. When we get well, it. I was actually thinking about this earlier, and... When Paramount Plus was launched to the UK and Europe, there's actually a huge amount of Trek fans that will have that signed on to Paramount Plus for just Trek. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, ta- yeah. and taking Trek off will cost them subscriptions. It will. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I was saying, if to... I, like, if I've got to look, start looking elsewhere to watch my Trek, I've got to seriously consider. Am I? If I, if I've got to. Get in touch with Bajor Militia to be able to watch Prodigy. Well, I might as well get in touch with the Bajor Militia to watch the rest of it. Well, why, exactly. am I why am I paying Paramount to remove the shows I subscribe to watch? I agree yeah, completely. I mean, I, the, I mean, I can under, I sort of, I, I think probably the reason why they've decided to pull it before showing season two is probably because then they can offer an exclusivity to everybody yes. so it makes it a bit more marketable but in general it, it seems like such a bonkers thing because there's two basically two like there's there's star trek obviously is huge draw to paramount plus and then they've got yellowstone which was a big hit for them but that's about it like and yellowstone i don't think is that well known in this country it's, it's mainly not American. and also yellowstone I, know you're a big fan, Jim. I am a fan um yellowstone the 
is in a weird situation at the minute. And if Kevin Costner's lawyers are listening, or indeed the writer's lawyers are listening, uh, this is my understanding of it, and I will say allegedly before any of this. Um, So they filmed the first half of the season of Yellowstone, and there was some talk in the air that it may be the final season, but no decisions had been made. And then while they've been on this hiatus, apparently Kevin Costner and the guy who writes it, whose name escapes me for the time being, have fallen out. And there's been talk that Costner might not come back to even finish the season. And if he does, then maybe they'll have to wrap it up and make it the final season. And all this business is going on. Um, I will just... I will just say, Costner does have a history of being a bit of a twat, though. Like, we had Waterworld. Allegedly. We had The Postman. Allegedly. No, we did have The Postman. No, we did have The Postman. (laughs) And he was a twat for making those awful films. Yeah. Waterworld has its chat. That's what I was actually getting at. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, No, for me, I think it's just, it's so, like, the whole rollout of of Paramount has been so bonkers. (laughs) card but they also gave that to amazon so yeah. when they released the third season maybe they'd lock themselves into some sort of mm-hmm. deal with them but it was so you know, the one thing you have exclusive you don't because it's another thing which I, everyone else already uses yeah which was really- the other and shows it- are all still on netflix so prodigy was the only start on oh, strange and new Discovery. worlds and this goes, so, okay, okay. Yeah. A few. That well, point this is turning into what the Romans ever give to us. That point I was going to make was <laughs> yeah, not a good those. point. So I forget, apart got... from all the shows. <laughs> you only got Discovery back because they paid Netflix a huge undisclosed sum. This is true. Back off them. But my main point was, it's like uh, they've really mismanaged the launch in the UK especially. Mm-hmm. And apparently in America they've already... Um, it's going like uh, Paramount Plus to another provider. It's I merging think... with um, Showtime, and they've announced a price increase as a result. To be honest, like... I think that's them moving this country because let's face it, all the companies, uh, the streaming companies, are now having to remodel, having to sell shows, and they're in the weakest position. I'm sorry, some of the weakest streamers are going to have to go. And Paramount, well... as much as I wanted it to succeed because it was the Star Trek one, I'm sorry, I think it's time for them to. Yeah, I mean, I think to be what... fair. To be fair, this is what happened with cable mm-hmm. originally. And you had loads and loads of different channels and, and that. And then eventually we're down to just Sky and Virgin in the UK. I think the, the states are very much similar where you have a cable provider in or one or two cable providers in an area. Well, that's what people have said. It's like if the streamers do start paring down and uh, start even from maybe offering a package together, then they de facto become cable in the new model, which I think is the yeah. way they can have. Yeah, so I think they so. It was a magic but, money pot that they could always keep on getting subscribers, but you reach no. saturation. It's going to well, get also, uh, also there's a cost of living crisis and and that and that hasn't helped. It, well, it hasn't helped, but no. people look at like. Right, I need to, I'm not in this situation, but a lot of people look at, right, I can't afford to turn the heating on. My kids need new clothes. I've got the meals to pay for all through summer holidays. Do I really need Disney, Amazon, Paramount, Netflix? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I... And pe- and something has to give. There's ones that are too big to fail. Amazon and Disney, I think, 
are always going to be there because those companies, independent of their streaming arm, are just huge multimedia, multi-business juggernauts. Uh, so I think Paramount they will always be bracket. there. Paramount is, but... Paramount is from its parent company, Viacom. Yes, but Paramount on its own doesn't have enough original content. No. Like, I think what will be interesting is to see, particularly in the UK... I think August is when Paramount Plus launched. And so a lot of people like myself will have got a 12-month subscription because they were practically throwing them at you. And I think it'll be interesting to see how much of a drop-off there is, particularly when they're doing things like this and dropping, as Squee said, Content. one of the shows from one of the really big franchises. Yeah. Like It's one thing Netflix saying, we're going to get rid of Hemlock Grove, which we made... Way yeah. back in the day, it was like the second show they did, and it was rubbish. Um, oh, you get turned into a werewolf, but only if you drink water Chim. from a puddle in a footprint of a werewolf's... What? Jim, you, that may have been one of the best reviews they've ever had. You're the, someone who actually watched it. That's it, I remember it. I'm a grover. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, growth. so it's one thing them getting rid of a show like that that's old, that nobody cares about. But Paramount getting rid of a show that's less than 12 months old and is popular and is part of a huge and franchise. You've got, and you've got the second season ready. Yeah. The I only mean, thing I'm going to say is I hope that it, it, it does sell to somewhere else which wants it as a going concern. They managed to market it better because that's the other thing. I don't mm -hmm. think there was as much publicity as it deserved in this country. Like, so many people haven't watched it who are star trek fans which well, is not great the the one i'd like to know have is season two also 20 episodes i believe done. so because if it is that's roughly 40 episodes and if you look at kids shows that is quite common what they get it is, series, yeah, yeah. It, that's the thing aside from being annoyed with paramount for getting rid of it which we are it is a very nice deal for whichever other one picks it up. You've got 40 episodes of a kid's show that also has a very big adult crossover audience. It's within a globally well-known franchise. It, it's very... We, you know, we like, talked about where's all the merchandise. If someone wanted to jump on that and make the it's, merchandise, it's crying well, we, out for we it. Were t we were talking about it when it was ongoing. Oh, these will be out for Christmas. These will be all over shelves. Nothing. No. I mean... <laughs> like, I know. Who, who wants a, a giant Murph cuddler? Absolutely. And the, thing, the thing is, to really make it fly... Um, pun intended, but uh, to really make it fly as a show, there is some resistance amongst some fans to watch an animated series. Like you know, we we will watch Star Trek in any form. Like they could they could draw on a wall and we'd go to that wall just to watch it. But I have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but there's um there's other people who'd be pulled for the animation. If but if you show them what Prodigy is, it's such a heartfelt show. And this was it's... what really sad me. I was talking to you guys about this during the week. To me, it is the ultimate Star Trek premise because you get so many uh, like uh, the shows where, yeah, they, they're wonderful examples of Starfleet, but they're already Starfleet. This one was the losers, the kind of outcasts, the people who no one wanted. And they are Starfleet just by, sure, just by sheer will, not because they joined Starfleet, because they want to live to those ideals and those principles, and they yeah. made themselves Starfleet. It was the most Star Trek thing 
you could ever do. Yeah. So canceling this one really hurt me because I felt really connected to those characters on a very personal level. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us Star Trek fans got bullied as kids. Got we weren't the popular ones. We felt like these kids feel. And so it felt like a personal, but I really took this one fucking personally, to be frank, because it's one of my favorite shows for that reason. Like, you know, for that reason, I'm not saying overall, it's probably up there, but I'm I'm not saying it's my favorite trick, but it's my favorite trick for that reason. If it just me. makes so little sense. And like, the other thing is with, with an animated show, as we've seen with the Simpsons, with family guy, we, you know, you can keep them going forever. You know, they, this could have been an absolute mainstay for 10 years more if they'd have wanted to do that. But anyway, clearly they did not. Um, but I want to say before we move on to the Strange New Worlds episode, there have been tweets from the creators of the show in ways you can potentially help i mean paramount are not going to pick it up but uh to sort of boost interest to show potential buyers so if it's still on paramount plus in whatever region like you're in watch it again tweet about yeah. it there's hashtags you can use buy the dvds if you can find the oh, toys uh, buy the toys facebook uses uh just on your point, uh, season one. There we go, one season one, one so buy the physical media of it if you've got it on your streaming, so just leave it running in the background so that whoever buys it sees it as lucrative. There's a video game which has been knocked down in all the digital sales. I don't know if it's any good, but you can pick that up. The one that uh, gets me, because they are trying, they try, they've said they'll sell it and someone's pick it up. Are they going to let them make more episodes of Star Trek. Don't know. That's the question. That's the that's that's the interesting one. That's the question that, like, we want more, and we definitely want to see, to see season two. I can't believe we're not going to see season two on Paramount Plus. Um, I, I may it's cancel ridiculous. my subscription. I'm monthly. I may cancel my subscription after I watched All Strange New Worlds. <laughs> Right, but I am. I'm really no. It's I'm really annoyed about it. It, it is annoying. Um, anyway, on to nicer things. Um, we'll talk about Ad Astra per Aspera, which is episode two um, of Strange New Worlds season two. Played out much as we thought. Who was it? Squee or Elliot said last week. I want a good old fashioned courtroom episode. That was me. Yeah, I think well, we all agreed you, on that. You got it. Um, that was yeah, sweet. I love this one. It's, it. Yeah, it's very much of the the classic Star I, Trek I, courtroom I, mold. Before before we get into before we get into this story, mm-hmm. I just want to go back to something I did say yesterday last week, and I did watch both uh, titles from last season and this season, oh. and there are differences in the titles. Do they have changed scenes during? Some of it's the same, so you get the same start up of the Enterprise and showing it lighting up and uh, the buzzard collectors, you get that, you get it flies off, you sit is all exactly the same. But then you get a scene where this season where it flies through a planet that looks like it's got giant trees. It looks like it's above the surface. Then you get it flying through a meteor storm. And it's getting hit and on its shields. That's new. And then you get another 
one where it's flying over a planet in the atmosphere and skimming the surface. And that's right. new. And then it and then it cuts back into the same titles as last year. So they've cut like three scenes of the titles from last year and put new ones in, which is quite nice. Oh I like that. I hope they carry on doing that every season, like just add a few more each time and replace a couple yeah. and it keeps evolving. That'd be yeah. really nice. Uh, can I just quickly, just because, just while I remember, uh, I've ju I'm just posting in the comments for anyone who is uh, currently showing this Facebook user. I've just posted a thing of how you um, how you give permissions to Streamyard to make comments. Yeah. So you can we can see your name because it'd be nice because there's certain of you which I comment every week. So. And yeah, do, do just put that on Facebook. If it asks I put you it in the for, chat, but I think you guys need to give uh, permissions again to some places. We need to give permissions for permissions. No, I, no, on your way I in. Give all, to I give all the permissions uh, yesterday when I did Oh, it. saying can't post to some destinations, which is unusual. Ah, well, we'll uh, worry about it later. Okay, so the episode then. Uh, we did get a flashback. We didn't get the flashbacks that Elliot wanted of Lan... Uh, but we got a flashback no. to Una with a, a horrible injury when she's a child, uh, which sort of, you know, it, it does come back to it, but I don't think it was entirely necessary. But No, I know. mean, they, they explain exactly the thing later on. I thought that was weird. That's the only bit I didn't well, like. Cause, uh, one the thing was, I actually liked that, that the because you had a visual representation of how rough yeah, it was true. for them. Yeah, I just felt that like it was covered in dialogue. It would be better if you had something which is different. Anyway, um, one thing I was going to say was, I the the comment which I heard leveled at this episode by people who didn't enjoy it was that uh, it's another Pike Light one. I'd say this wasn't really. I mean, Pike's in there. It's it, like people. There was there was one really angry person who was saying yeah. it's like uh, on his show. And like, well, it's an ensemble. He's the captain, but mm -hmm. and he should he should lead uh, in in a good percentage of the episodes. But in this one, I think he's in a good chunk. But it was not his episode. Yeah, exactly. The first, I I think it's only because I can sort of see the point because it's coming off the back of the uh, first one of the series. It was a really sorry. One sec, mate. It was a really weird decision to have the first episode of the series not have him in. So having him in half this one maybe was accentuated for some people. But I thought this was a fair shout for him, and he was used well. Yeah, I, I thought agree. it was really well how he was used. But what I would have asked that person is, could you please show me uh, where it says it's the Captain Pike show and which promotional material you've watched <laughs> that says that it's the Captain no, Pike it's, show. No, it's just, it's just a thing of... I like, know what um, people do. Captain, but... so people connect that as... I, I think the Captain... Like, this goes back to the traditional model. So, like, uh, Discovery was always the Michael Burnham story. Fair enough, that was their intention. Yes. With most of the show... No, no, let's not get into that. <laughs> we all We've agree. We've got five we seasons of Discovery and I'm going to struggle to see season two in front of you, which I love. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I've really, I, I'm I've with really you. held my tongue on this. I'm with you. But all I'm saying is that I think I do get, like, you know, yeah, like the traditional Star Trek model is the captain is the is the lead of the show. However, you get episodes with the other characters. You know, the, the, the captain yeah. should be main in at least most of them, but that's about it. You can have an episode which is a Spock episode. You can have an episode which uh, is a Lion episode, and they do that, and that's fine. I think maybe Ooh, what, that I think well. what's maybe got people with this is because it's happened at the start of the season. Yes. Yeah. I think if you, I think if you tap, but 
because last season sort of ended on a cliffhanger with us losing Una. Mm. Honestly, uh, I think and you could have... And it had to be addressed. Yeah, but so, I think... That... Did you maybe... Maybe do this episode as episode one, but That's then you have got the say. second episode where Captain Pike's not with them. Yeah, but like I think it's very easy to do though that you could do like this one is like even if they had to film it in this order, they don't have to show them in the same order they film it. They could have easily made this one the first episode. You have to make some minor writing tweaks that there's another reason that Pike's got to go to a symposium on Earth or something, yeah. you know, or, or yeah. another planet. It's very easy to write someone out if you need to. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't have to be he was off to get the lawyer. That didn't really. Okay, at the beginning he's in the lawyer's office, but you but, could have just started like, it like that. You didn't have like, to, to have had the journey. To me, I quite like that. They're brave enough that they're, they're secure enough with the show that it's not riding on one person. It no, it's not. It isn't relying on one, the shoulders of one person. They say, yeah, we have put a good cast together who can carry an episode without certain members being there. I know. Yes, I must know admit, Pike I... is always going to be a hero, but... The the only thing I would say is like the first episode of the series I don't want to I do personally I want to see my captain like I this one it didn't rubber get up against me at all I thought this was very nicely done I think it was appropriate if you put him into it more it would have been so forced like if you'd made him the advocate for instance which someone suggested no it was a perfect choice of advocate it was someone who was uh, having the same struggle Pike would have seemed so forced in that role it was another example of like just putting in that would have been the Pike that would have been like uh, Picard dated that would have just been measure of a man where it had to be Picard who defended him exactly and even on, though it, she's going on trial now if you don't defend her and even though I love measure of the man that, I love the fact that we've evolved a bit that um, like the episode is this episode for me, I really love the fact that it's a black civil rights lawyer. That speaks volumes about a, a another civil rights movement, another cause. It seems so appropriate. It's a woman as well, so so there's extra struggles, which yeah. you know, w women's emancipation, all this stuff. That's present in the episode because you make that person a lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really important. If you put just another straight white captain in there because they're the yeah. captain, that no, seems of course. This was so much I, better for it. Well. Like, I thought Pike's role in this was brilliant because oh, Pike played the hero to thing to go get the lawyer, but then his girlfriend points out why he can't be a witness. That, because how many how many episodes have we seen in the past? Like, even Measure of a Man is won by Picard giving an inspirational speech, yeah. basically. And this is, she goes, no, that will not work here. We This is, you have to let other people do it. Totally the law doesn't work that way, and they played it. They played it how a lot our courtroom would play, and also the way that that um, Pike and Samount got to react as well. Not only does he do do his usual charm fest at the beginning, it's like he gets basically someone to do it. like. Whereas Picard would like, okay, yeah, I know Pike, Pike likes his inspirational speeches. But I feel like half of what he does to convince people is give a winning smile and people just like... Yeah, it's, that's it's it. Quite, how he's... Can say no. He's just... He's, he's, and it's not a sexual thing like it is with Kirk. It's just he's so fucking charming. You can't say no to him. And no. that's perfectly yeah. him. And then in other scenes, you get that to be a bit awkward for him because he's so used to being the hero, so used to giving a speech and saving the day. And here he can't do that. Here he has to eat some shit about the choices he's made that maybe have not helped this situation. See, that and was... I like that. That was one thing in the episode that I I thought felt a bit shoehorned in just to try and raise a bit of tension that I didn't feel was necessary was where 
it became this thing about, oh, well, if Pike... Ha- you know, when the Vulcan comes in and it's like, oh, well, how long did Captain Pike know? And and it made this, oh, suddenly, oh, Pike could be in trouble as well. And I, I, I don't know, I mean, it was fine. I just didn't think it needed it. To, the stakes were, were high enough as it is. And I feel like well, that's almost a concession well, to going, the captain needs to be directly involved in some way. Well, no, I think it was that they were saying that because his girlfriend explained, didn't she? She went, as soon as you said that, yeah. you knew in advance. It isn't just you who's going to be in trouble. It's going to affect on all your crew. And he'd been warned about that yeah, exactly. previously. But, so, but they didn't need to put that development in that the Vulcan calls that out. Like, I, I don't think it harmed the episode. I just thought... Okay, are you doing that? I mean, I mean to me, the, to me, the main thing was to I, I like the way they included him through, as I say, putting him on the back foot. So everyone who came to talk to him, you could tell, you could see he wants to be more active. He wants to be involved. Mm. He wants he to be- finesse something. But every time he tries to, so like when he's with uh, uh, Admiral um, April, and he's trying to like charm him a little bit, and he goes like, uh, and and he doesn't take any of it, and it's like usually yeah. his superpower of using his charm, as I'm saying is suddenly it's not working like he's done the only thing he can by bringing someone in who can help and now anything he has to do he, that's why those scenes which again some people will complain about online but when he's watching it on a view screen as opposed to being in the courtroom I, that was showing him how it's showing how uncomfortable he was taking a back seat you know you can yeah. see how yeah. he was how he would have done anything to be in the courtroom and it was kind of really interesting to show him on the back foot because he's the guy who's always in charge he always knows what he's doing and here he doesn't here he's struggling to find the way in which he can help best and, and that, it, it meant other people got to shine that scene that you mentioned with um april i thought was really good where April's given his testimony and everything and the, mm. the lawyers stitched him up. <laughs> but then when Pike goes to speak to him after, it's April points out, well, actually, if she hadn't have done that, I was going to say some really good things about Una which would have actually helped yeah. the case, you know. Well, as it turns out, it, it actually did help what, yeah. he, what Una's lawyer had done. Una's lawyer played an amazing game. Yes, yeah, she yeah. did. <laughs> I thought what uh, um, she was doing was trying to get the whole... Because when they said you're to disregard her, his whole testimony, I thought they were going to say that was what she was trying to do, was get the whole thing thrown out so mm. his negative testimony wouldn't stand. But they didn't really play that, which was... No. Yeah, now, <coughs> this is an interesting point. Um, all right, I feel it is. I'm being very boastful there. Like, this is an interesting point. Listen up, everyone. Jim, if you're going to say it, I have no doubt, my friend. They, oh, it's going to be good, is this? This, this is going to be a... Sorry, sorry when... Get ready. Get ready for this, yeah? So, the case, as we understand it at the start, is Una, you lied on your Starfleet application about being genetically modified. How do you plead? And she says, not guilty. And it's like, okay, I know you're you're our hero character and we want you to win morally and everything, but... This is an open and shut case. You, If that is the charge that's levelled at you, you do not have a leg to stand on whatsoever. What The case you're actually fighting is, is that law just? But yeah. on second watch, I think this plays into how clever the lawyer is because the lawyer pushes it and says, no, turn down the plea deal. 
And it's when they turn down the plea deal that they add sedition to the charges. Yes. And I think that's what you can contest because sedition is actively trying to incite some sort of rebellion, basically. And she's not guilty of that. So I think taking a step back from it, it's all part of the chess game that the lawyer's playing, going, no... I know that I can't defend you if the charges are that you lied about it because you did. The question did. of whether you should have had to is irrelevant if they're the charges I'm defending you on. But <sighs> getting your charges increased to something that you didn't do means we get to have our day in court and therefore I can tie them can up in these I legal... I didn't consider that. I never would have that's, considered that. I didn't, but that's... Yeah, that's the only that way now. I can justify it because the, the first time I just thought, well, she is guilty of that, so there's no there's no it's case to answer. But the increase... The increase... You <laughs> had two charges of sedition, didn't they? Yeah, which, which, which gives them a chance to go, okay we could conceivably argue she didn't do that, but that's by the by, because the, the lawyer's game is not to argue that, it's to ultimately go with this asylum thing, but it's what allows her to actually contest the case, because otherwise there would be nothing. So pairing that up with what I was saying before about, I, I think it was interesting that when uh, uh, Emerald April's testimony got, kicked out with it got kicked out the thing that he said at the beginning about like uh yeah i would have discharged it like i wouldn't i would have discharged her if i found out about mm -hmm. this or something along these lines like sometimes in scripts like script writers have uh, talked about this on quite a few podcasts and stuff the fact that sometimes when you trim scenes and stuff and you trim bits of dialogue you get things which are in the the um plot which aren't necessarily you know mm -hmm. you can sort of figure out where they came in the original plot but they're sort of vestigial tales whereas i wonder if yeah there was some more scenes which talked about what she's done and why and they cut them and then they decided to leave it up to the viewer i, I hope that is the case because i think there's like you say i think there's so much more clever stuff the lawyer does than they they talk about and maybe they purposely left that for us to you know figure out because they had so much to fit into this episode because it is a it's like a, almost a full hour this episode. Yeah, it's so and it, it's very it's, dense yeah. as well. It's, it's yeah, it doesn't made... feel like it's over. There's a, there's a, like there's no filler. And Not at all. No. As like as is demonstrated by the way we're talking about it, it isn't a typical episode. Like usually we go through it sort of plot point by plot point, but yeah, you can, you this, can is, go this is not that kind of episode. This is a kind of episode to get stuck into the ideas that are being bandied about. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm happy like, that we're, we're jumping all like, over the place on this like one. We've this, like we haven't even mentioned how, apart from Pike went to get the lawyer, mm. that he put, that he nearly killed himself together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you want hero stuff? Who's put us sad? Yeah, don't mind. We're, we're really nice. Yeah, we, we're I thought we'd be nice. Jody's put clever lawyer stuff. It was and, clever lawyer uh, stuff. Facebook user put space monkey. I'm not sure about that, but that's uh, a reference to. I think it's just Jody's uh, sad about prodigy. Oh, uh, did the permission okay, sing then. and for some reason it reverted again? Oh, was that Jody as well? So, oh, well, we can see it's Jody now. Well, yeah, we... but not on the old message because she posted that before. Uh, no, yeah, but you can on the news. Probably stuff. saw it again. So it's yeah. right now. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, um, 
What were we talking about? Sorry, I've got myself to... I don't know, it's well, that sad talk, face. It's talk, thrown was... us off completely. Yeah, be happy. You have the sad face. Come on. Well, I was talking about... Did his hero thing? Yes, he did. Because he, he literally nearly killed himself to get this layer. He goes yes. to a planet where they can breathe and they're the only species that can breathe on the planet, which I find really odd because... Like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a biologist, but I know how the human body works a little bit and how oxygen works. Mm -hmm. And it makes you wonder, what of, what gas are they actually processing for the body that it's running on? Uh, it's, 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 genetically it's... altered themselves to take it. And if when they've genetically altered themselves, how do they still look human? To well, it said they adapted. It didn't say like, the necessarily... If was... you were, they didn't necessarily say that was through the genetic engineering. I mean, you can put two and two together very easily, but Pike's wording was that they've adapted. I think so I wasn't sure I if it was exposure, let you breathe it more easily, maybe. Because that, that's... No, I think that it's uh, genetic, that, No, when you... They're the only species who could survive there, which sort of... Ah. I, I just took that. it from... I, I know, like, in some sci-fis, they say longer exposure, your body gets accustomed to it. Yeah, but then that looks, makes you wonder, because uh, obviously if you're on, a, you're on a world, you've got plant life there, so you assume that's going from oxygen, and uh, you're going to have animals around for your meat because you need your sausages on the morning. Yeah, I mean... It, I know you don't, Ian, but... <laughs> I didn't say it, I didn't say it. <laughs> I was leaving a bee. <laughs> to be fair, my latest video, I told you I had to do the vegan option. Yeah, uh, I mean, I um, I did think it was an interesting choice though, because I like the scene. I like the idea that the Pike just to get someone to talk to him would hold this breath essentially. But it seemed like a weird thing to throw in, given that it doesn't play off in any of the rest of the episode. So it's basically for one scene uh, we have this thing, and maybe it's something they're going to uh, use later. Uh, uh, well, I think it's sort of playing on like from the previous episode where we saw like the species on another planet and they become adapted and to harsh conditions and i think it's just showing how they can adapt to all sorts of different conditions i think yeah, it's, gone to a planet, i just feel like you use to, it yeah. because the because they're shunned by by the federation and trek like outcasts have gone off a great deal gone well sodgers and they've gone off and they've got a lovely society on the own yeah i think and, it it speaks to the the level of persecution that they probably feel that they've had to go and live somewhere that the very nature of it keeps go. exactly it it's to keep people out i i got the impression anyway oh i, did, yeah, I didn't it, feel that like, yeah i got it that yeah it's very much that they've gone to be secluded yeah because the oh, trip that, that way they've gone because it was the only get... thing in the whole episode where i thought it's like well Nothing else in the ep this episode. I think you could cut, and it still works. But that seemed a bit. Yeah, weird. I don't, I don't think it added saying. a huge amount. I think it was to no. give to give Pike his moment at the start and everything, and no, to yeah. moment. Yeah, and yeah. to introduce the character. Um, that it like like, and his girlfriend does say to him, "Don't she?" She goes, "You've done your part. You've got a her lawyer who can help her." Yeah. Anything else? That's it. You, you're done in this case now. Yeah. You've done. You're done. <laughs> One I did want to talk and, about. And you see that for the rest of it. 
the one thing I did want to talk about, and I think this was delicious. I think uh, Strange and Worlds has generally done a good job of honoring the original series and bringing in some elements where it kind of the look and the feel. Mm-hmm. In this episode, I think they excel themselves. Like, not only do you have those glorious dress uniforms, which look like who would have kept those badges apart from them? Like most shows would have tried to modernize them not make them look so 60s but they kept it and i love that the yeah. triangular badges which fit into a mosaic depending on your rank or your, your <laughs> yeah. medals or whatever that's totally original series those dress uniforms look so true to the original series dress uniforms right down to the fact that when they had a pad in front of them they used some of the like some of the um chips you put into the yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, into the, the reader to like they they did a very good job of kind of compromising because they had those like that was had the data on it they put it into the pad but the pad was a flat screen so it kind of like compromised so yeah. you got yeah. the feel of it without it looking too well that that you know yeah. you, wouldn't, you just there's no reason this, why you'd have it like that yeah like we've talked about this in the past haven't we where you cannot do the sets and the effects like the original series not for because a whole series, it was no. Because it was made 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it was done with cat and effects and, and stuff have moved on. And it would be it'd look awful if it was made now. The original series, I love watching it, but it is of its time. Yeah. But this series, Discovery, to me, is completely different technology and doesn't relate to the time period it should be. Strange New Worlds are giving the necessary nods mm. to the original series to yeah. know what they're about. Because that was my main argument with the first, uh, especially the first series, but also a bit the second series of Picard. It just, nothing felt starfly about it. There was no connective like tissue in the ship or in the look and feel. Whereas yeah. like, I'm fine with the modernizing, but you've got to have that feeling like it's that time period version of that. Yeah, it, it can't feel completely uh, uh, alien to it. Which, like, even with Discovery, in when they go to the future, there is a feeling that is the it's current iteration of those designs. Like, in the mm-hmm. future, that's where they've gone. Yeah. I didn't get that from the beginning. So to get something which felt so true to the original, they, this, this episode particularly, I think, yeah. like, if they're giving out any desi- design awards for the, I think this episode should be it's up for it. For very much a callback to, like, Court Martial yeah. and the Menagerie, where you had... Yeah. Um, all these bits of technology and everything yeah it's and great do you even have the do you even have the thing where you put your hand on little yes to see if you tell the truth oh. or not yeah that <laughs> was, oh, was one and it is it's just them little if you're pro- if you're trekking like we are you know that what that is you know that is serious that they cannot lie because their hand is on the line mm, yeah, <laughs> and also exactly. when it's like going bleep bleep i'm thinking Pike's watching that going, it's like, you know what? If I end up in a chair one day, that would be a really good way of saying yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, the it's idea. forward planning, yeah. <laughs> I did I did sort of think it, it did look like the original series, but also it kind of felt like of the technology of his chair, which yeah. I liked. Um, I think they did that on purpose, I got the feeling. So Lan has a little bit of a subplot where... She sort of goes to... I keep saying the lawyer. I have written down the lawyer's name somewhere. Um, Nera. The lawyer's called Nera. There we go. I did write it down. And Lan goes to her and sort of starts skirting around it, like, 
But essentially what it comes down to is Lan's worried that she has inadvertently caused this. And through the discussion, I like that we do get an acknowledgement of Lan's lineage and can... And well, we get that when she's called to stand as well. Exactly, yeah. Again, very subtly played, though, because, again, they don't go into that. They just go, it's like, um, so any relation to Carl Union? And he goes, uh, she goes, yeah, and acknowledges it, and then they move on. Other shows would have felt the need, I think, to build that more, and mm-hmm. I like the fact they they trust us to connect the dots. That's her calling that out in the courtroom. That's yeah. all she's yeah. got to do. But they do have some acknowledgement that sort of a, an implication that Lan may have some residual effects yes, from yeah from the augmentation back in the day sort of thing. So it's just a little tiny thread, but I wonder if it's one that we're gonna gonna revisit at some point. And is yeah. she gonna have to ask for asylum now well, as well? But they're definitely going to have that come up somehow. They, they've got like, to address the carnival. You know they're going like, to. Yeah. Well, they've got to, but like we all said, didn't we, when we heard her name, it's got to be the same. Yeah. But this is the first time it's actually been acknowledged on screen that she definitely is related to Khan. Mm. Well, it's like there's a, um, I think I brought this up in the show before, but there's a, uh, a writer who said that um, if you're going to, in a play, introduce a gun in the first act, it has to be fired by the third act. You, yeah. know, you can't introduce Chekhov, another in one. Chekhov, in fact, just... said that. Chekhov, thank you. What, from the original series? Yeah, Brilliant. he said it was invented <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be about right. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt like, yeah. So, yeah, if they never, if they never addressed that, that would be bringing a gun on stage and never addressing it. Yeah. So, uh, and I love the fact that they did kind of like call back to the fact that she made that log and deleted it. So they obviously mm. had this in their minds when they did that. So I love it right. when they lay these like trails of things, which but, if, if they hadn't brought back to that, you would have just gone, oh, well, she was just being pissed at the time she deleted yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Good reason. You, you right. never would have thought of it again, but it, 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 it adds so much texture here. But I also like how she goes through who and asks for mm. records of communications about her, but also personal logs. And who just immediately goes, no, I cannot do that. And and a rare use of uh, Hura's first name, uh, Nerota? Nerota. 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 Nerota, you got it. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, that was, I, I like her when they throw that in now that because she spent so many decades without one. Well, she did. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, she wasn't given a name until I want to say Star Trek Six. Oh, I was about to say two thousand. Oh no, it wasn't. Yeah, I said it was Star Trek two thousand nine. It was yeah. Gene Roddenberry had told Michelle Nichols that that was Ahura's first name, um, but it was never made canon until yeah. Yeah, which is lovely. Nine, yeah. and I, um, so I like it when they throw it in every now and again. Yeah. It's just so, nice. so for all those haters of the Kelvin version, it gives give us something beautiful. It did. Give her, her, her name, a full it name. It gives us so much beautiful. If Like, I, I get the qualms with some of the movies, but like that first movie for me is perfect in the 2009. Yeah, I think the first one's an amazing film. Um, I, so- I, I really like it. I could go into a lot of things that are wrong with it, but now isn't the time. No, now's not the time. Uh, But if you do want to find our thoughts on it, if you search back on the podcast, we did cover it at some point. Did we? We did, yeah. 
Well, not Ernie does. I thought we went through all the I movies. We together. went through all the movies apart yeah. from the Kelvin ones. Then we came back and did the Kelvin ones after right. in between seasons of something. Uh, back when we <laughs> had less Star Trek shows, which we're getting to again now. Thanks, Paramount. Ooh, oh, had to have another dig. Anyway, we got to Sheffield soon, so we can say bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, the stuff about Una then, and I know a lot of people are finding a lot of resonance in this to various, and obviously it's absolutely intentional, um, you know, to various oppressive regimes and people who've been oppressed and everything, but you get all this thing about, uh, like, there's a really good line where she says, the anti-augment laws allow people to act on their worst instincts. And, you know, I'm not, particularly, you know, deliberately having to go at any specific former presidents who are now facing various charges, but... Or even British Home Secretaries who might even still be in office. Yeah. Or even uh, Prime Ministers or even Health Secretaries. uh... Yeah, but, you know, this is something that has been observed, that the behaviour of certain people and certain laws that they've tried to pass have made the worst in people come out and feel comfortable to treat people like that. And this is something that we're we're having a lot of in society at the moment. I mean, I, I can't speak for America. I only speak to what I've observed. But all you need to do is look at the, the British press, and, or certainly much of the British press, to see that this is what is happening. It, it, people are being emboldened to persecute people through a, an ongoing propaganda really to overshadow what the what the real problem and I'm sorry to get on my political soapbox I mean, but like, the, this is an episode case. yeah but this is, an, this is an episode <laughs> that does foster these kind of discussions and, and so it should and I just hope that the point is not missed by people who are watching it, you know, but... Yeah, I, I, I love the fact as well they, they she literally specifically um, uh, called out the kind of uh, right struggles that people have had. So she mm. mentioned race, gender, sexuality. All those things were brought to the table. Like, I mean, I love, the, I love a good Star Trek allegory, yeah. but I don't think there's anything wrong with calling out kind of like... Yeah. These are people who have struggled in the past. These are the people who we're representing with this episode. Like, it, it's kind of almost talking to the audience a little yeah. bit as you talk to the characters. It didn't like, feel forced. It felt natural to the episode. And I, I thought I've, it was great. I've actually stopped even looking at what the hateful oh, yeah. sort of press says. Yeah. But I imagine that they'd be kicking off about this episode being so woke. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they will. I but mean... I, I've got a bit. I don't even understand what "rope" means. I think it's just a term of, like, I honestly think listening to the right wing press and and even right wing politicians and just right wing when they call things "rope," I actually think what it means is really nice social uh, beliefs and wanting to be nice to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. But they're, they're trying to weaponize it as an insult and yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, 
woke means woke to issues so you're, you're choosing not to be ignorant so every time someone i i just think it's so ridiculous when someone goes like, uh, they're anti-woke what you want to be woefully ignorant that is i'm sorry that's what you're saying yeah if you, it, if you want to be yeah it, it it's one of those things that i just thought it, it sort of goes a bit over my head what you're on about you idiots it also gives them nowhere to go when something does like uh handle a an a serious issue ham-fistedly so We've all said it. I'm sorry, I, I try not to pick on Discovery too much, but it's difficult not to. Uh, where you know, where where they've done some social issues, they've done them. I think some of them well, some of them really handfistedly, and it's just bad writing. I'm sorry, it's not to do with the fact they're covering the issues; it's how they do it in a plot. You know, you've got to give us an interesting story, not just have an issue for the sake of an issue. Yeah. You know, you want to cover some interesting ground sci-fi wise at the same time. Yeah. This episode does that so skillfully here. It does which, is what many Star- which is what Star Trek has a history of doing. Yeah. Right back really? to TOS, it was done in really yeah, sci-fi um, right, let's talk about the scene with Spock and the other Vulcans. Oh, not that I'm not interested in Elliot's opinion. I'm very interested in Squeeze's take on this because you've been the one who's been most sort of, you know, not not happy the way Spock's presented. I think this is possibly the Spockiest scene that we've had in New Trek. I, I think this is one of the best... I know this is a great episode, but this is one of my favourite scenes of the episode. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Um, but what what does our resident Vulcan expert think of it then? Well, I'm very glad that you asked me. Uh, no, I really loved it. I, I thought the way they used him here is perfect. This is classic Spock. You want him to have some kind of moments which are funny, but to him it's serious and with dignity. So when he comes over and goes like, I'm sorry, you had to to witness that outburst. I mean, it's a little bit that that's, that joke's kind of. I, I've seen a similar joke in quite a few other shows, but it was yeah. well done here, and I enjoyed it. To me, more to the point, I loved a bit later when they do the courtroom bit, and this is the other thing this episode does really well: is it gives everyone their moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone has at least a moment in this episode, and it's really cool. And when he's on the stands, like a uh, yes, uh, she, I did feel like she was concealing something. The only thing I thought was weird was when the lawyer said what the lawyer would never say what because you don't know what he's going to say so you don't risk that opening but anyway but when he answers like the film team for gilbert and sullivan not only funny line but also it's callback to a short tracks yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean like that's great i love it when they do obscure callbacks i like a good spock line and i feel like this treated the character with a lot more dignity i just like i'll just very quickly it's like I, i i really wish just they'd before they went on this journey of him uh, exploring his emotional side, I, I've kind of, I think what I wanted was to begin with having him ultra logical so that then it's really more impactful when this version of Spock goes emotional. They started him off quite emotional for me. And then they're saying it's like he's now got this emotional poisoning, whatever they're calling it. And like now he's meant to be acting more emotional, but they started him off at quite a baseline of emotions were present. I think they should have started him up like the Nimoy spot and then had this happen to him. And then he goes up. I, I that's me him like the Nimoy spot. Sorry? I've started him like the Nimoy spot. Not, not to me. Like, you've, like, you know my uh, argument here. I won't go through it all again. <laughs> I, I don't, I really don't think they have. I think I just like they, they, 
no, they. I, I think for me, they they confuse logic with being pissy. They get Vulcans, and this isn't the first version. Deep Space Nine did it. Voyager did it. Like I mean, Voyager Enterprise was, was awful attack. Awful. Yeah, they mistaken being having a chip on your shoulder and being bitchy with yeah. being logical. That's different. And they did do that in the first series of. But, of, of like what? Well, what, what I love about this scene is you've got Otegas, and she's there. And we find out this skill that she could read lips. So she's talking to Rebecca and she's saying what they're saying. Mm. And then she starts and then she starts slating. Oh, was she lip like, reading? I thought she was yeah. just making that up. I thought I she was, making, she was making it up. No, I think I, she's I, making it up. I don't think that's I if nothing she, else. She said, I, Oh yes, I would find that enjoyable, which a Vulcan would never say because yeah. it's an emotion. That if that's the fucking dialogue, that's fucking emotion right there. And that's from a uh, if you like a pure Vulcan who isn't half human, so there's no excuse for that. Well, so I think I she's got, got to I got the impression that she was reading lips and, and maybe she's maybe a bit ad libbing what they're saying, but I think she was reading lips with them talking to each other. Oh, it just like. reminded me of the um, Italian job, but, uh, the but, remake, when they've got Seth uh, Green and he does it with Jason Statham. He goes, like, You're a bit stupid, aren't you, bird? Yes. Mm. Lovely. <laughs> like he's taking the Yeah, I thought it was like a bit of a mystery science fiction theatre, three thousand, what, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll watch right. the scene again, though. I've I've had both, I've had actually had both points of views while I've, I've re watched it. And, mm. I keep, and I keep sort of going, so I'm, I'm, I've been easily swayed here because I've yeah. seen, been going, is it, isn't she, is, it, is she, isn't she? But I like that she's sort of like, ah. Oh. They're so pally pally and just sat there and Mbenga knows Vulcans eat. Yeah, I like Mbenga. No, they hate each other. Can't you see the tension between them and she's sort of, what are yeah, you? Yeah, I really it's, like the... What are you talking about? Look at them. And then you get Spock comes over and apologises. Yeah, I, I really like the insight that Mbenga gives to it and the fact that... They stay straight-faced while Spock's there out of respect for his feelings, but then once he's gone, they're just laughing about it. It's yeah. it's, it's just a great scene. Yeah. And the baby, he, can, the he, can tell, he can tell that they're sat straight and just looking at each other while they're talking. It's then really don't like each other. Mm. <laughs> But, and I like the fact there was Nembenga who did that. The, he was the one who read the body language yeah. because he is meant to be the older, wiser. He's a bit of a sage on the ship. But, he all, but we we also know from uh, TOS that he's a Vulcan expert. Oh, I didn't yeah. think of that. Yep. And that, and so they're playing into that that he does know Vulcan. So, and I'm assuming this where was it last episode or this episode where we get. Nurse Chapel is going to go off to Vulcan and she's talking about going off. Yeah, she is. that she wants to go study. And I assume with her, be, her him being her mentor a bit here, and that's why she's Ooh. going to Vulcan as well. I've just thought of something that could happen that I think would be a really interesting dynamic to play with. What if when Chapel goes to Vulcan, she meets Cybok? And she's attracted to Cybok because, you know, on some level, he reminds her of Spock in some way. And, she's and in other ways, of, she reminds him of Sean Connery. You know? Yeah, and she sort of gets sort of a bit mesmerised by him. So we know he's got his weird magic powers, which was never clear whether it was a magic power or not, but we won't get to that. 
Um, that, I, space magic. I would be very space interested to see, see some sort of dynamic between Cyborg and Chapel, especially with what they're doing with Cyborg and Spock in this. Uh, sorry, not Cyborg and Spock. Chapel and Spock in this. Um, so, the way it all gets resolved then, I always really like this in any any drama but it works particularly well i think in courtroom dramas where you have someone who's got a meticulous plan that they've been putting together behind the scenes we've not seen it and then you have the bit where it all falls into place and you just go wow that was really clever (laughs) and that's what nera has done throughout this episode is she's got Una on the stand and then she's found this directive so ultimately she had no intention whatsoever of trying to prove that Una was innocent of any of the charges she knew she was going to lose if she did that what it was all about is basically manipulating yeah she's manipulating to the extent that she can allow the judges to do the right thing and that's what it's all about i I think for the most part i do think it felt like there was a light bulb moment when i'm trying to remember who she was talking to she's talking to oh she's talking to lan she has this sort of light bulb moment i think that's when she decided to put una on the stand though i think that's when she clicked that yeah she dropped herself in i think you're right that she maneuvered all the pieces in the right place and again there's the more we talk about the more i'm convinced that the writers put so much stuff in they don't hammer home so you get to discover it yourself which i really appreciate it's really cleverly done like Um, and it could feel like if it was not written as well it could feel like that was a um a misstep to explore things further but it gives everything for you to put together like the clever thing with the land stuff is land thinks she's done it from a personal log what her which she tells right towards the end which is when uh, Nira has the light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. But you have that from the Uhura interaction when Uhura said, tells her that I can't do that without certain X, Y, Z order and it will take X, Y, Z amount of time for them to process. <laughs> so there hasn't been enough time for yeah. a, a legal document for... Um, Nah. Oh, what's Nera? No. Lan. Lan's. <laughs> For Lan's, um... Logs uh, to get log, subpoenaed. Log, logs to thing. be subpoenaed yeah. and, and looked at. So it, it all plays clever. That's but, why when she realises you didn't do it. But this gives us a bit more into Nera's character because she knows that immediately. But... She recognises that I'll let this play out and see what I can learn from Lan by by letting her think that for a little bit. And yeah. talking it through now, I'm wondering, Kazuna at one point accuses Nera of just using this for the publicity, and I'm wondering if that is how she started out until she had that light bulb moment and thought, oh, actually, oh. I can win now. And that's the point that she thinks, actually, I I will be able to get Una off, so I'll do Um, that. But she may not have had the intention of doing that from the start. 
Uh, that was my I feeling. Think, I feel like she uh, still, still did move all the chess pieces in place, but I think there was certainly her, her the way she did it at the end yeah. was informed by that moment. So yeah. I, think I think, it's a no, I agree. I think, I think that, like, the whole thing, like, I agree with you that at one point she thought it's publicity because she refused to have staff. To begin said, with, certainly. We don't take the plea deal because the plea deal was, yeah, you kicked out with Starfleet, but you won't serve any time, and you just go be a citizen in Starfleet, mm-hmm. and and there'll be no nothing released about it. It'll just go quietly away, much like so, the discovery. But it was it'll just go quietly away, and no one will be any the wiser outside of this little circle. But then you have no, we don't take that. You've got to have a big court case, yeah, and then you have. Then, even if you lose, you bring in the discrimination to the forefront. Yeah, exactly. And showing it to people. So, even, it... Sorry. so like Safley at this point should have re should have realised and gone, look, we're going to drop the case and give you a sa- do it an asylum thing. They should have done that to stop the publicity because. This all the Federation citizens are suddenly going to say, "Hold on, we're discriminating. We're discriminating against an entire species. This species does this. They're not human. This is this. This is a separate species. I, I think they're hoping, this, and we have discriminated against them. I think they were hoping they would win, so that it was like it would prove status quo as opposed to doing what you're saying. I think they were still." they were sure they were going to win because it was such a uh, open and shut case as far as they were concerned. So the yeah, rest of them, I think, but but they weren't expecting it. But they... you've still got the publicity, haven't mm. you? Because you've got... Because what you've got to bear in mind is Una, it, she's a human. She's an augmented human. No. She's a completely different species that has a tradition of genetic modification. And the Federation decided because of something in human history, they are going to discriminate against this species. Oh, I agree, but I don't think, to begin with, they see it like that. I think as the uh, uh, case in the episode unfolds, I think they become aware of their biases, but I think they are so set that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I don't think they see it as bad publicity because they see, yeah. we're going to throw the book at her. All people will see is if you break the rules, basically fuck around and find out. Like, if uh, you're you'll go down for uh, 20 years hard labor, which is what, they, you know, or whatever it is they're yeah. pushing for. I think that's the way their minds work at the beginning. But by the end, it's, it, again, this is what's so wonderfully Star Trek about it because I didn't even consider what uh, James has said about, which is totally correct about um, certain bits of the case and moving things into place. I just thought that um, it was showing courtrooms in the future in uh, the Star Trek universe are so evolved that even though it's not the charge she's arguing, it's the law she's arguing against, they allow it because it's Star Trek. Maybe that's the case as well. No, I don't think it is. I think your case is better, but I think there is an element by which if you get a fair society, then it allows for something like this to happen. Like if they were a less fair society, there wouldn't be a legal route for her to prove her case in the mm. way that you've laid out. I think that is totally what she's doing, but it, but it is still so wonderfully Star Trek to do yeah. that, you know? And, and, and I felt even represented in some of the bits because it's like, you know, I don't mean to try and make every episode of Star Trek about neurodiversity now, but I, I do think there's a thing where they talk about guilt and shame and hiding it. And when Lan talks mm. about, uh, yeah, but what if I do do that? You know, 
she she takes on that persona of, of being like there's an evil side to her because that's what she's been told and a lot of people who are neurodiverse uh, end up taking on the idea that they're stupid or they're uh, uh, not as good as other people and i took on some of that when i was younger and like so it, it felt like such an allegory for that in there as well like the amount of people who could feel represented by this episode oh, that's it. Exactly. like I even just... for star trek it covers so much ground yeah i don't think it's targeting one particular demographic i think it is just no. going for anyone who's been unfairly um felt unfairly Literally. prejudiced against um now, one, this is just a, a minor thing, and it's just maybe one of my little pet peeves in drama sometimes. Um, when they do the big reveal, the, okay, um, will you read out the thing about how the asylum works? And they do these little flashbacks to what Una said earlier. And it's like, I just don't feel that was needed. It's like, no, I, I get when... Uh, Captain Battelle's no, reading it out. Was... I'm like, yeah, I remember her saying something that would have <laughs> yeah, tied yeah. in with that. It was only TV. five yeah. minutes like, ago. Like, <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I got it and I could tie it in, but I think dramatically it worked really well. Like you, as she was reading it, you got how it was showing how clever she'd been that she put Una on the stand. Yeah, it was. And to say these things that she knew that by her questioning, with no coaching, this is what yeah, no, I, Absolutely. Could. I just think, for me, I would have got more out of that if the second time I watched it, I'd have been like, oh, that's exactly when she said the thing and that'll tie in later on. And it's one of them. It's like you can either show it immediately so everybody gets it or you can allow it to go the other way. I'm not saying either one's right or wrong. Just me, personally, I didn't need it, but... Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel the need for it either. Like, yeah, it's it's narrative TV. To I me, can keep to me I, didn't need, I didn't need it, but I didn't mind it being there. I was... I, I, it it yeah. didn't take anything away that they put it there. I, probably I thought it was a nice little part that just put the... I thought it just put the icing on... Like you were showing just how clever yeah, she'd no. been to put Una on the stand. Actually, I mean, well, for me, maybe, like, to to address something we've been talking about, maybe you could have had all the moments where the lawyer put it together to this moment. Mm. Might have been yeah. a nice way. Again, it's kind of fun yeah. that they let us put it together. And, like, we're even realising stuff now, which is really fun, that, like, so far after seeing the episode, we're still kind of putting pieces together and going, oh, this seems clever than I realised. There is something nice about that. There's also a nice, like, I do like it when they, you know, the, the detective thinks back and you see all the clues that led them yeah. there because it's yeah. a very detective-y kind of uh, lawyer in this. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one of the other things I think that is a point worth making is even though this is a victory for Una, it is not an out-and-out -out victory. Like, us with our knowledge no. of Star Trek know that these laws will still be in place 100 years later. And... I like the fact that that's acknowledged. Like, Neera says, no, th this is a start. We've not fundamentally changed the attitude anything. or anything. All, all we've done is allowed this panel of judges to do the morally right thing by finding a loophole, basically. On the technicality. We, technicality. Yeah, we've, we've got away with it, and we've allowed them <laughs> to show some compassion, but 
the outcome of this is not going to be that things will be better going forward. We don't change the law. We don't change everybody's attitude. It's it's yeah. almost like you've got this panel of judges ag- acknowledging, yep, that's a shitty law, but we're not going to do anything to change it. And so there's a little tinge of sadness, I suppose, to it. There, there is a nice mirroring, though, to the uh, arc of actual human justice cases. So, like, uh, the... I've I've seen some brilliant breakdowns of how kind of like uh, the uh, black civil rights movement has moved forward and then had so many setbacks. So like, you know, they announced um, emancipation in this year, but it's not until this year until the slaves Mm. are actually freed. And then you've got like uh, civil rights laws passed, but they aren't really enforced until so many years later. And now you've got a backlash of kind of so many laws being overturned in America, uh, state by state to disadvantage, um, you know, blacks and different minorities and so there is a realism to the fact that as much as we want to believe that the arc of human justice is always in one direction it kind of like takes some yeah cuts which we don't want uh before it gets there a lot of the time so it's kind of it's very real to, to the yeah, truth. It is. And that, that talks to the fact they've expanded upon an idea because in the episode with bashir we see how many benefits he gets we see how he gets to stay in starfleet and it did raise some of the issues about those who weren't so fortunate but it didn't cover it in such a way which really showed that it's like, well, why should we be prejudiced against people who, you know, they had no part in being experimented mm. on. Like, and, you know, um, this this really fleshes that out a bit more I think, um, as we do now. With, with I people. think this is, I, I would hazard to say this is the best courtroom episode that we've had of Star Trek. Ooh. It's, it's, it's got to be up there. I've got to say, I think this is. Uh, I think this is better than Measure of a Man. Oh. I think it's clever. I think it's cleverer, lawyer-wise, yeah, than how so. she does it. And I think it makes more sense that it hasn't got to be the captain who defends him, or, or he'll be found guilty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it evolves ideas from um, Drumhead as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what it's done, the reason why yeah. probably, I think the fairest way of saying it is this one does stand on the shoulder of giants, uh, yeah. is a phrase I like. And it's like, you've had so many great courtroom dramas in Star Trek, and we've had such an evolution of how we tell stories that we can go into issues in a different way and in a more yeah. in-depth way, in a more complex way. And it's like it's taken all that and put it all together into this like ultimate. It's kind of what's, what I feel like Star Trek 2009 did. Star Trek 2009 is a wonderful, amazing film, but you don't get to there without all the other things that is taken from to put into that one film. No, from exactly. Star Trek previous. This is the same. It is every star, great Star Trek other- courtroom drama put into one with their own new take that's just wonderful so yeah i i, I might agree with you Elliot. i i don't i want to think about all of them but i think you might be right i i, I honestly think this is probably yeah. the best courtroom they've done because of how the lawyer does it and that they've gone that and it's like the drum head it had to be captain picard defending yeah measure man it had to be captain picard who defended him or, or the case would be thrown out immediately what so kind of space what is that? The S9, yeah. Yeah. Had to be done immediately. This is some, no. It's had to go find her a good lawyer because mm. the lawyer she was assigned was from the, the judge advocates and it's immediately going to, because it's from the same office. And who yeah, I love that line about that. So 
you're from this. You, how can I listen? Take any how can advice? he hear my lawyer when he works for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll have a think about that. I'm not sure I'm sold on it being the best one, but it's certainly Ooh, a which... very good episode. That would be which a great episode, a courtroom drama uh, retrack. Like we I about do have before. one problem with this episode. Go on. And it's right at the end. Uh, you, we get the nice scene in the transport room and Udafan's lane, Nina, Nira, Nira. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Nira, for what she's done when she says that it's just a step. We got you off on a technicality. But I like this crew. They're, they've served under you. You're one of us, and, they, and you're their first officer. You're telling them what to do, and they have no problem with that. I like this, that bees are just accepting people. And then you have Una does the little thing where she turns They give the round of applause, which is really nice. I like that. Then you have only asks what you're all doing, and Tegas goes, "Well, the ship basically flies itself." I like that. And then Una goes, "Well, all back to your duty stations." Why does Captain Pike's girlfriend leave the transporter room <laughs> back to her duty station on the Enterprise? <laughs> Good point. Um, because. Because you know, celebration sex for Pike. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and and her. She, I th I think even though she was trying the other side of the case, I think, I think in her heart uh, she wanted. The, well, the there's a moment when they're reading out the asylum thing, and you can see her smiling, even though she's on the opposite side. It's like she's smiling about. She's it. like, I'm glad that she's found a way of doing this. Well, yeah. All, I mean, like to be fair, all the way through. She comes and sits with, like, she apologised to Pike when she arrested her and she goes, look, I've been made to do this. This wasn't my choice. This is my job and I've been ordered to do this. Yeah. And then she goes and sits with him and she's the one who, and, and Pike wants to be called up. She's there, you're annoyed you're not a witness. And then she starts talking to him and talking about her and she goes, when did you find out she was augmented? And she just proves the point because yeah. She, yeah. she's his girlfriend but, but, but and she's, I, she goes, I can't, if you're put on the stand, you're off to cause yourself and your crew problems. Yeah, I, I think there was a, I, I think it was also, as I was saying, with the whole of like the Starfleet side of it, she was the kind of like the um, representation of Starfleet, like that to begin with, she, I think she did feel like uh, Una should have been put on trial and she, I think there was a part of her. I think she likes Una, but she feels like this probably is something that needs to happen. By the end of it, yeah. I think her opinions have changed as Starfleet's have. That's what I love about Star Trek is like Starfleet mm -hmm. can grow and evolve themselves. They can make mistakes and they can correct yeah. them. Uh, and I think that's this sort of journey she went on with them. Uh, just very quickly to address, because I don't think we've really covered it too much, is with the lawyer as well. I think it, I love the kind of relationship with them. And there is, again, it's another kind of parallel they give you here where it's like she's the one who got out like of a really hopeless situation so there's so many people in war zones or in uh, rough neighborhoods where there's shootings and stuff who might have felt represented by the fact that like there's the guilt of the person who makes it yeah. out and and the shame and that leads them to not sometimes reach back to their old neighbors and, and places they come from and then there's the anger 
but there's this sort of anger mixed with I'm glad you got out of the person who's yeah sick. yeah and that's so well represented and it's it, we talked about in statistical probabilities as well it's the idea that some people have passing privilege and some people don't yeah and yeah I mean there's so much stuff in it I think we should probably wrap up there though because we could probably go on all day but um I'm sure we're testing people's patience at some point. But before I'm we sure go, everyone would listen to us for hours and hours and hours. And the maybe they would. But... Um, and you can if you listen back on our podcast. Exactly, hundreds. Available on your uh, streamer of choice. <laughs> before we go, though, um, though, Stitcher is closing its doors, apparently, so we'll have to take that out of the, um, the description. Anywho... Um, Whose episode is it going to be next week? Are they going to do it again uh, and not have Pike, or are we going to go? Uh, are we going to get a Pike? I, I know the answer to this because right. I caught a stupid scene. Right, well, you're, I caught a couple of pictures on Facebook, so I'm saying nothing. You, you're out of the thing. Go on, Squee. Well, I'm going to say uh, actually, uh, Elliot's kind of sold me on the fact that I reckon it's going to be a uh, Nurse Chapel episode. We're going to see what she's up to, where she's been absent this episode uh, from Vulcan. She wasn't absent, wasn't she? I didn't. We didn't see much of her, did we? we didn't see a lot we of her, but she was in no, it. No, but we did see her. Oh, okay. Well, who I, we I didn't maybe... see. Who we didn't see was the new engineer. Oh yeah, but she's True. only just been introduced. I think it's tough to fit her into one which is all about knowing Una. Yes, I know. Uh, I but I, I think yeah, I think maybe we we have Nurse Chapel. Maybe she goes for a thing on Vulcan, and we see her there. And now I really want to see her being uh, too. I do. Too, 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 I, I want to. I want to see. I, I'm not going to say if it's next week or if it's going to be in the future. But I really want to see Nurse Chapel meet meet Robert and why she fell in love with him so much that even after he was gone five years, she still wanted to be with him even though he'd become a robot. Do you mean Roger? Roger Corbin, Roger. yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Admiral Admiral April. <laughs> oh, now there we go. Now, I feel like now we're casting aspersions on Nurse Chapel's purity, so we'll um, we'll stop there. So we've just set her up with about ten different guys. Um, anyway, so we'll be back to cover the episode next week. We're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us retrekpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, including Retrek Model Studios on YouTube, where Elliot's putting together various different... Uh, not I was going to say Airfix, but that's the brand name. Various different model kits. Um, no, I haven't got... Oh. Oh, I've got an Airfix in my uh, stash, actually. There I've we got go. one Airfix. And, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not building it. <laughs> yeah, Kingy's Toy Box on YouTube, where you can see me unboxing toys. I might have possibly a Ninja Turtle coming up in the near future. Um, have you seen that there's the new, uh, the 1989 Batmobile with the Keaton? Yeah, but it like a million quid because it's Hot Toys who've done it. No, it wasn't Hot Toys. It was someone else. Oh, it might be affordable then if it's not Hot Toys. Oh, 
Send us the and, link. And since he appeared in the flash and we saw how that went, it's gone down to half price. Yeah, yeah, you'll better pick it up pretty cheap soon. Uh, I I enjoyed the flash. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it. But it wasn't the greatest superhero movie ever. No, and not fast. enough people have enjoyed it going by the money it's not saying. made I at the box it. office. And also, our local cinema, which has 10 screens is only doing two showings a day of The Flash now. And it's only been out two weeks. Maybe four. Maybe four. I might be exaggerating. Two once Indy comes out. Uh, Doctor Squee, what have we got going on at the Doctor Squee show? Well, uh, I'm almost after um, (laughs) a few guests cancelling after I announce on here. But I'm going to say anyway. Uh, Tomorrow I'm doing an interview um, with... uh, It's it's a little kind of uh, interesting story as opposed to celebrity, but... uh, there's a sort of celebrity dog behavioralist which I'm talking to. Ooh. He's going to be talking about um, do dogs enjoy holidays as much like so as much as us. So it's about uh, dog holidays. Well, I mean, you know, as we've said, we've got a cost of living crisis. So if my dogs want to pay for a holiday for me, I'm happy to go and enjoy it with them. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's usually <laughs> the other way around. That, that usually, but come on, they need to pull the weight. Anyway, um, so check out all that great stuff. We'll be back next week to talk about Strange New Worlds Episode 3, whatever that brings us. It's going to be a Pike episode. Uh, but thanks for trekking with us this time. And you can watch it straight away on a Thursday, don't forget. You can, while Paramount Plus is still a thing. And we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Drag off. Thank you. Goodbye.